the world we know is changing. I'm Moira Gunn, and welcome to Biotech Nation. Reglagene is a Tucson, Arizona-based company, which is focused on developing a treatment for the brain cancer glioblastoma. Today, Reglagene is choosing which of its drug candidates it will bring forward to test on humans. In the industry, this is called the bake-off or the beauty contest. Which molecule will be selected? Which molecule has the best chance to succeed in human clinical trials? Dr. Richard Austin is the founder and CEO of Reglagene. Well, Dr. Austin, welcome to Biotech Nation. Maura, I am delighted to be here. This is a real treat. Now, we often think about uh, drugs. We hear about how the drugs are going through these trials. They're being tested. And they say, is the drug going to work or not? And we always, it starts with the drug is a molecule, we often say. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, it's like, gee, this company did all this work and they have one molecule. They don't actually just have one molecule, do they? No, they don't. It's a process where you typically make hundreds, sometimes even thousands of molecules. For Reglagene, a little company like ours, we made over 600 drug prototypes to get down to just the handful we have left that are competing to be that clinical candidate that we move forward and test it in people. Well, we're going to talk about that. And I'll tell you, it's just called a beauty contest to pick it out. It's called a bake-off. It's <laughs> called all of that because that's what it is. You're comparing. You're realizing which one is it going to be. That's correct. We're going to get to that. But let's start with what that molecule you're going to pick. What are you trying to do here? Reglagene is trying to come up with a breakthrough therapy for the way that we treat brain cancers. There has been just a limited amount of innovation and change in the way that we treat brain tumors. If you think about glioblastoma, the deadliest brain cancer, the standard of care drug was approved by the FDA in 1999. It offers patients an extra 2.5 months of survival and comes with severe toxicity. We need to do better for these patients. And even beyond that kind of brain cancer, breast cancer, and lung cancer, these are the two cancers that metastasize most frequently into the brain. And unless patients have a special genetic makeup related to their tumor, there's no therapies out there for them that are effective. We have got to do better for these patients. Okay, so you're going after brain cancer. So that means whatever you're building has to be able to get through that barrier and into the brain. That is exactly right. Every one of us comes equipped with what is known as a blood-brain barrier. It's essentially a filter that keeps toxins from going into our brains. It protects our brains. But in the case of cancer patients, it also prevents what would otherwise be effective therapies from being able to access a brain tumor. Do you mean the molecules are just too big? Uh, the molecules can be too big. There are there are uh, these little molecular structures known as efflux pumps that are there just to grab molecules that don't belong and pump them right back out of the brain. in general, your medicine should not be there. Should not be there. So it's a special molecule, special molecules that are able to actually cross that blood-brain barrier and get into the brain. Now... Part of that is building a molecule that can get past that barrier. Uh, Are you also building what's going to happen once you get in? 
we are building what should happen once it gets in because it's not just being able to get in, it's being able to hit the right target in the brain to actually do something about the uh, cancer. And so we are going after a classic cancer target, very famous. It's a protein called tubulin. And that protein is 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 one of the key players in cell division how cells uh, divide and uh, become and become daughter cells the uh, hallmark of cancer of course is rapid cell division and so it's not surprising that if you can block the action of this tubulin protein and its role in this cell division process you're well on your way to a cancer medicine the, uh, uh, there has been millions of lives saved by the FDA approved therapies that target this same protein but none of these other drugs get into the brain and that's where we want to make a difference. So if you're like everybody else and I think you are you've done all of these animal studies and of course now you're going to go into the phase one first in human studies so we were all set to do that but you have over 600 molecules the FDA said okay give us one you get to do one. Which one do you want to do? So how do you figure that out? And we use the animal models to decide. We, we have these over 600. We've been able to narrow it down on pre-animal models, if I could call it that, to about half, half a dozen. Um, and then what we do is we go into the animals because that's where you really know if you have something that has the potential to be a drug. The industry is moving away from testing with animal models, but we're really not as smart as we think we are just yet. And so we still use these animal models to make sure that uh, the drugs that we're bringing forward work in the way that we think we do and are safe enough that whenever it becomes time for that phase one human clinical trial, that we can treat those patients, test this, this drug in those patients safely. So now we're talking about the beauty contest or the bake-off. You got your six molecules lined up here, mm -hmm. and you've got six groups of animals. Yes. All identical. Yes, well, as much as animals can be, can be identical. identical. Exactly right. <laughs> That's true. I don't know why I was thinking of teenage boys there. But <laughs> take all the teenage animals yes. out. Yes. <laughs> no. Um, and uh, and what will you put them through? You, each one of them will have exactly the same protocol to, you know, be administered to the animals. Right. And then what are you going well, to measure? How, how does that work? It mirrors what you want to do in people. You want to be able to measure safety. You know, so if you give a molecule to an animal and it's toxic to that animal, that molecule is likely not going to be good in people. Now, animals and people have different responses to, to potential drug molecules, but, you know, you use those animal studies to help you work as a filter to to find things that are more likely to work effectively in people. So it's it's safety. It's making sure that the molecule gets to the right area of the body. So for us, brain penetration studies are huge. Actually, the rodent model is the gold standard model for predicting brain penetration in humans. So it's outstanding for us. And our molecules that we've shown, we get into the brain better than any other tubulin therapy that has come before. And so we're just really jazzed about that. And then it's an efficacy 
delicacy. You want to see if you're actually able to do something about a human-derived tumor in an animal. So there are uh, patients who have had cancer. We've taken samples from those tumors, and those are actually grafted onto the rodent models. We dose the model. We, we dose the animal model orally, and then you find out, does the, does the drug molecule actually get to the tumor and actually make a difference? Now, I have to say a couple of things. Number one, um, these are not in isolation. You, you said, well, hey, we know a lot about these rodents, these kind of tub- tumors, tubulin, mm-hmm. how that's... You're building on a whole huge area of science in which we know how things operate. Exactly. There have been many, many, many studies way outside Reglagene. Yes. That, so that if, if you can match those, both positive and negative, then you know you've got similar operations. So we right. have that. Now, the problem I have, I sort of envision we have six very fast runners. We're looking at the Olympics, mm-hmm. and they're all going to sprint around trying to get to the end first, you know, right. get to that finish line. Right. Because you know a lot about these six molecules yes. already. Yes. Now what do you do? Uh, we know a lot about these six Molecules and these animal studies will help us get down to our top two. Our rodent models will get down to our top two. We're going to have just the two molecules that are going to go head to head in another animal study. And this animal study is going to be even closer to what we think that human model or, or what or how our drugs will, will work in humans. And we will have a winner of what we like to call our bake-off or our beauty pageant, and we will have a runner-up. <laughs> so the winner gets to wear the tiara and gets to represent all those 600 molecules that we initially started with, gets to represent them and go forward uh, to finish what is known as the investigational new drug application process and actually actually go into people and uh, have a shot to be a real drug. The runner-up is there just in case for some reason the one wearing the tiara is not able cannot to serve. fulfill. We like cannot to say, serve. Cannot that's serve. That's the line. And and actually, if that's the case, you've got to go back and see if if the runner-up has the same problem. Exactly right. Now, the thing we have going for us is our the last two molecules standing are coming from what are known as two different chemical families. What that means is is their structures are unique from each other. So rather than looking like, uh, let's say, rather than looking like fraternal twins, they actually look very different from each other. And so we will have one molecule that looks like it looks and another molecule as the runner-up that looks very different. And so ideally, since structure leads to function, that other molecule will have slightly different properties. I mean, not fully, but certainly slightly different properties. It may allow it to uh, succeed in that runner-up role and actually make it into the clinic. So the idea that, well, you have 600 molecules, they actually, they differ from each other in a number of ways. There's groups of them, different structures within them that you've been intentionally kind of cover, you know, a broad area of capability, just approach with the same idea of what you're trying to do. Exactly right. You have it. You have it. This is exciting, a beauty contest, a (laughs) (laughs) bake-off. And the thing that is so funny is it doesn't matter whether you're a small startup like you guys, just really, you know, pushing ahead, or you're a great big, you know, global pharmaceutical company, you end up 
with a beauty contest. You, we all end up with a beauty contest, and one of the beautiful things here is we are, we are a we are a therapeutics discovery and development company coming out of Tucson, Arizona, of all places. And because the world has changed, and the services that you need to help you discover and develop a drug are are things that even we can buy. From, from Tucson, you buy these services in, in the United States and all over the world, we can actually do that work without being in a great place like San Francisco or Boston or even where we are today in San Diego. And I have to tell you that uh, if you are the FDA, when you come through the door to say, we want to do this, they say, show me your molecule. That's all they care about. They don't say, well, how big are you? They say, show me your molecule. Show me what you've done. The same questions are asked, it's actually pretty equal when you get to that point. It is. It is very equal when you get to that point. And the, and the questions are, they want to know, can you manufacture that molecule reliably? And that's one of the great things for us. Very simple molecules, simple manufacturing During the test processing. and trial. Yeah. Exactly right. And then, uh, and, and then the safety studies that you've done, you know, just showing that you know how to dose animals and they believe you'll know how to dose people in a way that uh, that is safe for those human subjects that you would like to test in your phase one trial. You were saying earlier, and I know we've covered this somewhat, uh, the United States is at the forefront of moving away from testing in animals. And, I mean, it's very exciting work that is going on. Um, but just as we have a huge, multi, many decade, you know, volume of experience in the animal models with knowledge, when we move out of them, we're kind of starting new for the body of information that is needed to not be testing in animals. I mean, that is, we have to recognize that. It's not just a not testing in an, animals anymore. We have to start essentially from zero to grade up create a large body of science. That is absolutely true because right now the FDA requires that you have these animal studies to be able to move forward. And then whenever we are able to start to make that transition to where animal studies may not be required or may not be required to the depth that they are now, um, we will be developing new data to make sure that that what we're doing is is a is an adequate and, and most importantly safe substitute for uh, uh, for the way that we've done this in years gone by. So I have to say also that I have seen very I haven't seen any resistance at all to this transition other than we just have more work to do. Well, we do have more work to do. And I tell you, we love our animals. We love our pets, you know, and, and we're all excited about the changes that are coming. So the therapeutic developers and the FDA, everyone's working together to make this happen so that when it gets into humans, it's safe. It's safe. That is the bottom line. However you get there, it's got to be safe because these therapies are needed. Okay, I have only one question left. Just like whoever wins, how big is that tiara you're putting on the winning molecule? That tiara is pretty small because you made a very good point at the very outset of the interview in that uh, these molecules have to be pretty small to get past that blood-brain barrier. That's the very first criteria. The big molecules, the monoclonal antibodies, the cell-based therapies, the RNAs, they tend not to get past the blood-brain barrier unless they get some sort of special help. So the tiara 
for the molecule that wins will be tiny. <laughs> you can guarantee that. I guarantee it. Well, Dr. Austin, thank you so much for coming in, and I hope you'll come back and see us again. Oh, Maura, anytime you'll have me, I'll be right here. Dr. Richard Austin is the founder and CEO of Reglagene. More information is available at reglagene.com. That's Regla, R-E-G-L-A, Gene, G-E-N-E, reglagene.com. I'm Moira Gunn. You're listening to Tech Nation. Listen to more biotech podcasts at biotechnation.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Biotech Nation is a regular feature of the weekly public radio program, Tech Nation. Listen to the full show via podcast or on your local public radio station. For Biotech Nation, I'm Moira Gunn.